the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about the number one secret that we should all know if we have bad genes, or more so, if we think that we have bad genes. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I was um, trying to research the name of this woman, and I cannot find her anymore. Maybe they took the article down, but I read something from the CDC where there was a newly appointed director in charge of health and nutrition. And she was appointed because she came out and is claiming that obesity is something directly related to our genes. So essentially she's saying if you have bad genes and you're obese, then that could be the reason why, which is complete bullshit. You can do the research on your own. It turns out that genes have very, very little. It's very rare for your genes to have anything to do with um, obesity if you if you're obese. So I thought that that was startling to me. If that's the way that our country is is headed, right? We all know that the nutritional pyramid that we all learned when we were in grade school is a complete scam in and of itself, right? I think that they put so much focus on nutrition when we were young. But it was all taught incorrectly. And you know, there's a lot of theories as to why that is. But it really got me thinking about, about our genes. And the term epigenetics actually means above our genes. So what, what could we do to make our genes better or to enhance ourselves on a genetic level? And it turns out that we all have genetic switches. So... Saying that you have a genetic predisposition to anything is like having a loaded gun. And I think that's a great metaphor for this, because if you have a loaded gun, you still need to pull the trigger. And our choices in our life, no matter what we're referencing in terms of genes and how it plays out in our life, our choices shift our destiny in terms of what we will become or what will become of us on a health level and a mental health level and our genetic expression can be changed and it it can be changed. And this is a great example too, because it's something we've practiced a lot. We can change our genetic expression just by meditating one single time. And I would encourage all of us to do a little bit more research on what this could mean for us, because there are many other ways for us to be able to change our genetic expression. And the way that I like to look at this is we have genes that, are, that could be essentially dormant, and we could think of it as a bunch of smiley faces inside of our bodies, right? Imagine tons of little emojis just hanging out inside of our bodies, and maybe it has that apathetic face where it doesn't have a, a frown, but it doesn't have a, a smile either. And by doing something to enhance our genetic expression, like meditation, for example, like going for a walk, like packing in the micronutrients. There are many ways that we could do this. It's like we take those emojis and they start to smile. And imagine what it would feel like to have all of those genes start to smile inside of your body when they've been sleeping for such a long time. And I I know this to be true by the way that it feels physically to do those things that enhance our genetic expression. And 
the truth is that it's a lot of the small things that compound over time that really matter the most. And I think that a lot of people are missing the mark on that, especially when we see the federal government taking things to the extent of having a woman who's claiming that obesity is the excuse for obesity is you were born with bad genes. That's like saying, oh, it's okay, right? Let's give you some diabetic medication and let's put all these other band-aids on you. And that's the way that this life cycle, especially in allopathic medicine, seems to go. And I think that we're giving people an opportunity to feel okay about the excuses that they've given to themselves. And moreover, we're giving them, we're, we're hand feeding them these same excuses. And it's no wonder why we live in one of the most unhealthy countries. You know, it's really interesting to hear that because it's something that I think we as a society, as a government and more in particularly, they find a way to rationalize things that are unhealthier, things that, you know, instead of it's a choice that you're making, it's, oh, well, it's your genetics. So it makes it okay to, to do this or, or give yourself that excuse to eat that extra piece of cake or that extra, you, you name it, you know? And I think it goes down the same line of, of drugs and alcohol, they say, oh, well, it's your genetics. No, it's, it's a, I think it's a learned trait that you are more predisposed to be an addict to something and, and foods to be included in that. It's, it's over the last 10, uh, 20 years or so, I think we just find reasons to give ourselves excuses as to why we're this way. Yeah, I wouldn't say that that it is something that we are born with, right? The only excuse that I would give is that we are born into a cultural predisposition. And that's the bottom line. And what do I mean by that? Our culture is is making it to where it is easier now more than ever for us to order fast food and get it delivered to our homes than it is to access a gym, for example. We recently went on a cruise and it was crazy because there was only 700 people on a cruise that was supposed to have 3,000 people on it. And there was over 1,100 staff there. And we were waiting for an appointment in the spa and this guy comes in and he's asking for an appointment to ride the, the uh, Peloton. And it, it blows my mind that there's that level of inaccessibility in our minds, right? This this gentleman didn't even practice common sense and look left to peer into the gym to see that there was only one individual. And it was a great gym. You know, we used it several times. And it just blows my mind that that is constantly the mindset of everybody. Yeah, it's, it's grooming us and making things okay f- for whatever reason. And... It's, it's unfortunate to see that someone with such high, a high level of, of decision-making when it comes to health or whatever else it may be, to blatantly come out and just say they 
have determined that genes are responsible for obesity. And I think it goes into just as, as an example of that gentleman trying to make an appointment with a Peloton. It's there's, you have to have some type of structure and, and you have to follow along with the predisposed rules. And when there's someone that's you believe is above you, you have to go that route instead of just going and taking the bull by the horns and just making it happen. And I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with that. And I'm going to shift it in a little bit of a way, because I, I think that the proper way to say that is most people will follow along from that authoritative perspective. Most people want to follow. Most people want to be led. It's within our human nature to feel secure and safe by having a leader. And I think that in the past 10 years or so, I've made it incredibly apparent, at least to, you know, in my marriage to you, Clint, that most of those rules don't apply to me. You know, if there is a sign that says that you can't walk this way and common sense tells me that I can, I'm not going to fall off of a cliff. If it makes sense in the moment for me to walk this way, I'm going to walk that way. You know, there were several times on the cruise where there was the the big red tape where the door was closed and nobody was allowed to walk through there, but there was no reason why. And I lifted it up and manually opened up the sliding <laughs> doors. And, you know, there are, are some times where we need to understand that not all of the rules apply to us. And one more example before we wrap this up is if you were obese and you were to go to a traditional physician the first thing they would do is they would take your labs. And I can guarantee you that more likely than not, it would show an elevated insulin level. And because of that, you may or may not be labeled as diabetic or pre-diabetic. And the likelihood of that physician deciding to prescribe you diabetic, diabetic medication at the onset is very high. I worked in the medical field for 14 years. This is just how the process works. And if you were to take that same patient and you were to have them go to a holistic doctor instead, and they were to educate you and inquire and really investigate what your lifestyle is like, what your eating habits and activity are like, I can guarantee you within one month's time, that same patient goes back to the traditional medical practitioner and reassesses their labs by adjusting your diet for even one week you can have a completely different panel show up when you do your blood work. And yet most people don't understand that and they would be willing to be placed on this medication for perhaps the rest of their life, inducing additional side effects and depression and like all the things that come along with that, further increasing the pockets of our pharmaceutical industry. And the, the issue will never have been resolved so I think that a lot of this, what I want to convey is to just make sure that we do our own research. And before we accept the advice of these so-called leaders, that we take a self-assessment and see what is applicable to us, what serves us, and what rules just simply don't apply to us and be okay with that. We don't need to be arrogant about it, but we need to practice common sense. And the more and more that we let these authorities start to take that away, the more and more we're losing the freedoms of us being an American, which I think is a very sad thing. And I also believe is the plan. It's exactly what they want. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. 
If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.